Hi, I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to Across the Park Podcast. Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing, Camper Kings UK, and affiliation with Betmate. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of the season 21-22 of Across the Park podcast. Um, we're just going to react quite instantly to a massive week for both clubs, blue and red. It's going to be a bumper show. Myself, Ian Mills and Andrew Price of the Evertonians. I'll take a bit of a back seat on this one because you see Phil's flying solo. I'd like to think the reds are just absolutely gutted, but I think Phil's <laughs> the router and he's still quite, quite proud season we're going to get into all of that <clears throat> before we do big thanks as always to our, our amazing sponsors over at camper kings uk it is the season like i always say every season it is the season to camper van especially now with the light nights and the light mornings school holidays coming up great for families great for cheeky girls weekends definitely great for boys weekends great just to get out and explore get over to camper kings website camper kings uk uh, make sure you quote across the park podcast and what they will do is they'll give you some free insurance and they'll throw in a bottle of bubbly on the boys at across the park big thank you as always and as always again our, our other sponsors vir clothing their clothing kitting the boys out as always. i'm rocking my Right now, I've been in the office today and I look cool as a cucumber, if I do say so myself. The menswear over there is fantastic. If you do pick a few blazers, a few shoes, T-shirts and jeans, so make sure you put in checkout ATP20 and that will magically give you, guessed it right, 20% off. Shout out as always to Betmate as well, our affiliates over at Betmate. We'll be talking more about Betmate next season. But firstly, let's get into it, Phil. Uh, with the Reds, you, you did do an instant match reaction and, and you sort of... It was very raw. I watched it. Um, you, you talked a little bit about the game before. You, you all seemed quite, quite proud of, of of what Liverpool have done up to now. There's, there's, we all know what's going to happen on Saturday places, don't we? We all know what's going to happen. So that's still to come. But if you concentrate on Phil a domestic season for now, I don't think you could advance City much closer, could you? No, we took it to what was it? The last ten minutes of the of the season, caught back a massive uh, points deficit and. It was a weird one yesterday because most people thought or knew that Man City were going to go and turn Villa over. It was just how it unfolded, wasn't it? Um, yeah. when, when Villa went 2-0 up, 1-0 up, it was like, oh my God. And then 2-0. But it was weird. What, like me, I was in the church um, watching it with a couple, a couple of the lads. Um, and The church yeah. pub or, or like an actual church? No, the church pub, yeah. yeah. I share my season ticket, my mate had it. So <laughs> but um when when the villa score got announced, what like loads of people cheered, but I didn't. We weren't even winning our game. Mm. I was like, oh my god, this is possible now. But I felt sick. I almost didn't want it to happen. It was like too early that Villa took their lead and then they took scored again. You start thinking, Oh my god, this is on. This is it, you yeah. know, this, it's on. Um but, you know, at no point at all yesterday were we winning the league. Didn't I? You know, we, we were never winning the league at any point. And I think that's what that could have made a difference if we would have been able to do that. 
because news filters through, doesn't it? All oh, Liverpool are winning, we're getting beat, and maybe that pressure changes things. And that's my biggest regret about yesterday. Although we got the match won, our goals, our winning goals came quite late, and it, you know, it became too late to put pressure on City, really. But uh, Klopp said that, didn't he? Klopp said in his post match, he, he would have loved to have been sort of, he would love City to have been 5 0 up. In, in, the, in the first 40 minutes than it so I imagine as I read it it's probably the worst way it could have went yesterday what have we told you as Blues it's the hope that kills you it's the hope that kills you yeah. but do you know like they say in life the, the journey is more important than the destination and I, I'm not sure that that translates to football but putting so many points on the board means that we've had a great a great time supporting Liverpool this year like week after week we've been winning games and they made us believe until the last, you know, five minutes of the season. So it's been a very enjoyable season as a supporter. And when he didn't get over the line, there's, there's a shared emotion of, like of the fans of like just almost feeling sorry for the players. I mean, what an era that we're in. We've we've posted over ninety points on three separate occasions and only won the league once. <laughs> like only in this little era with Man City would that ever have happened. So and I think over the course of four seasons, we've actually got more points. Than City. Um, Best titles, though. What's that? <laughs> Best titles. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, yeah like, have more points than City. I'm not claiming it as a sort of victory, but if that's what I'm saying. It's it's mad. It's so incredibly hard to, to win these titles these days. It's like a knockout competition in the Premier League now. It's like we've lost twice, and, and, and <clears throat> twice was too much. Um, I, look, I, I, I honestly understand the positivity, and everything you say there is right. The, the amount of games that you've won, Lots of great weekends you've had, you know what I mean. Yeah. There's clubs out there. I'd love to go and watch Everton win every single week. And what 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 you've done this year with Liverpool. But if you look at the cold light of day now, what is the reason that Liverpool aren't champions? Because it can't just be as simple as Manchester City are better. Because you look at the FA Cup semi final. If you go in the weeds a little bit, you look at games that you didn't win. West Ham away mm. and then Tottenham at home. Is there a specific couple of reasons for you why, why you haven't won the league this season? Well, ultimately, it's been too many draws. I think there might have been, I'm not sure, actually, eight or nine draws. Um, and I think it's come down, obviously, it's come down to that. But, you know, City have slipped up along the way as well. But last year, I think it was it was to do with head, head-to-heads with City. Um, but this year, we drew with City in both games. But City beat Chelsea, and we couldn't beat Chelsea. So you could look at it like that yeah. was it. But... You can point to any game and say it was that game, couldn't you? But ultimately, it's too many draws. And Man City are just an incredible team, aren't they? They're just an incredible I think, I think, team. Yeah, I think, all joking aside, I think you are right. Like, the two two of the best the best teams uh, you've seen for years. And, and it is, I know what you're saying there, if we'd have beat them and we hadn't drew there. But I, I do think it comes down to the fact how good Man City are. They're, they're just a, they're a class apart. I know, I know you have... Had a good success against the FA Cup or whatever it was in the semi-final, but I just think they're just they're just slightly better than yours, and that's that's what it comes down to. It might only be a point better than yours, but I, I do think that I'm not I'm not, I'm not taking it, I'm not joking there. I, I think that's what it comes down to is that there's just a team that just better than yours, and I don't mean I miles better than yours. I mean just about fat, you know like fat, you know? fine margins kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, fine margins. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, fine margins. Yeah. It's not because because you've done yeah. anything wrong. Is what I'm trying to say. It's just because they've they've done better. Yeah, in the league they have, yeah. But don't forget, we've won every other trophy that they've been in for. We've beaten them. Yeah, but if you're going to talk about who's better, 
Ben, I think it's up for debate. But and what I will agree to, without doubt, is that they've probably, as the squads go, we've got decent depth. But it's certainly in the field, as the squads go deeper, they've got the better quality. And like, was it Gundogan who scored for them? I'm not even, Gundogan, I haven't, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even want to watch. I haven't seen any of their game or not. And um, not interested in looking back on that. But I believe he come on. Quite late in scored two. Scored two. Yes, it's scored. They scored three in five minutes. Um, yeah. Tag you in, Pricey. What were you feeling? I, I was on. I'm not going to lie. I was on my knees when Coutinho scored. I was thinking it's happening. <laughs> the script, the musical, is being written. That in hell itself, that Coutinho scored and, and Liverpool was won the league. What were you thinking? Were you a bit like me or? Yeah, because when Villa went to the up, you knew you just knew Liverpool were going to win. <laughs> Well, that was all that was always going to happen. It was Liverpool were not winning that game yesterday, so it did come down to whether City could pull it back. And I'll be honest, I turned it off when it was two uh, nil. As soon as as soon as Villa scored the second, I turned it off because I couldn't even be bothered. What minute? <laughs> what minute did Villa score their second? Second I'll try and get. I'll try and find it now. I, I was watching said, it. at that point. I believe Villa decided to sit back. And I don't, I've heard people blaming Gerard for that, but freaking hell, you couldn't ask them to do a better job, really, than what they've done yesterday. Um, but they've sat back and, and City have scored three three and five minutes. I think just the desperation of City that once they got the first one, the crowd and that, I mean, I've watched it back and I know it turned off, but I watched it, it was similar to, to I know it was completely different than the situation, but when you get one and then you, you're going again and then the crowd's on, you, you're like, up for it, and then they obviously. They had a bit of a momentum going, and I think Villa were just a bit sucker punched and like couldn't recover. And then that, that's how it happened. I don't think it was a case of Villa. I mean, it might I might be wrong, but Villa purposely sitting back and trying to park the bus right and like that. I think it was just City attacked them and, and got that goal. Just to yeah. answer that, Phil, but, but the minutes. So so the minutes of the goals. Um, so City scored in, in the thirty seventh minute. So so quite late in the first half. Then they scored a second in the sixty ninth minute. Villa. And with, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm with Pricey. I, I turned it off at that point. I I, I put. Because all the commentary yeah. on that game was like Liverpool still need to score, so I yeah. maintained your your game on, and then That's literally within a few minutes' time, goal flash came up saying two two. So City scored in the seventy sixth, the seventy eighth, and the eighty first minute. Three goals yeah. in five minutes. So we were nine minutes away from winning the league, and when when they went two two up, I in my heart of hearts I thought City they're going to struggle to get three now. I thought mm. they'll probably they could get two, but I don't fancy them to score three. But I wasn't sure we were going to win. Like you just sort of you used to it, and yeah, I I know what you mean when you say that because I always think yeah, City they always win. So you thought you were confident with we were going to win, but I wasn't really. I, I was thinking, oh my god, we're going to blow this. City going to lose, and we're going to blow. That would have been possibly the worst way to lose the a worst way to lose the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> But we did score, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. But do you know what? Afterwards, there was like 30 minutes of like everyone was sick, gutted, no one was talking, it was heavy. But after that, people started saying, Come on, we go again next week. We've got the Champions League final. What a season we've had! Proud of the lads. And then the tunes come on, then one kiss, do a lipper, and all that. And everyone started getting a little bit more upbeat. And, by the end of it, we were all singing and chanting and stuff like that, and I felt much better by the end of the night. As you say, as you say, you can't you can't fault the players, can you? No. It's not like it's not like you're disappointed in them. Does, does it mean does it does is the more pressure on Saturday now though? Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously there is, isn't there? And, and we've uh, lost Thiago yesterday. I don't know if you're aware of that. He's not fit. 
for the Champions League now. Oh no, you should uh, you should win you should win that now, shouldn't you? <laughs> um, but Fabinho didn't play yesterday. The, the talk is he will be available, but I know I, I don't know if we're going to come on to talk about the Champions League later. But just while we brought it up, then um, for me, when Fabinho's been out, he's a slow starter to get back up to speed again. But he hasn't been out that long, though. So, but problems going into it as well on the injury list. We, you know, this is a weird question, but I'm asking this because I've seen it on our on our socials. I, I, I manned our socials yesterday, so it, it was both sides of the, yeah. the park. And, and a lot of Liverpool fans, and it seemed very, very genuine, were gutted that Origi was injured because they, they wanted to give Origi the send-off. Are, are you feeling that? or Absolutely, yeah. I wanted us you know, to be able to be in a position where we could bring him on for the last 10 or something like that and give him... Given that sends off because you know the moments Champions League final goals, big derby goals, the Barcelona goal, you know, what what, what a guy. Um, yeah. and if he'd have been the man who won the league for us yesterday, literally to be a statue <laughs> up, and no one was arguing about it. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was good when, when we heard he'd got a, a minor injury strain, it was yeah, it was disappointing, but. He's probably not the only like he's the only person who's confirmed he's going. I think he, he's going to AC Milan and it's all done. But uh, there will have been other players there yesterday um, who be there last game as well. <laughs> so you know, I think there was a good send off at the end as well for like for that reason. Yeah, but we, we asked for some questions on our socials. Uh, a couple of Liverpool ones came in. Phil, someone called JP, and it's very, very. It's a very simple question, but I imagine it's a. It's it's got lots of depth in the answer. It basically says, how do we not let this happen again and go back to two years ago when we blew everybody away? Well, the thing about two years ago was City dropped off, didn't he? I think mm. we we were comfortable. I think they had a nightmare over Christmas or something. So we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> and there's not much difference between... In fact, we, we've got 97 points one season and didn't win the league. The, league yeah. we, the season we won, it was with less, less than 97. So... It's not about us, really. It's about City, but how can we be better? You know, is the question. And I think we need um, we need more depth in the midfield for me. Um, we've got a great Thiago Henderson and um, and Fabinho, brilliant. But beyond that, you bring a Milner on, who's been awesome in the last three three four games. So you know, no knock on him, but thirty seven. It is what it is. And then after that, you're struggling, then aren't you? You're looking for like Sakata and Chamberlain and stuff, and the quality of Jones. A big drop off in the quality, so that does not happen to City. They do not well, have to suffer that drop off. You know what? I linked sorry, pace. Follow your second one. You can sorry that. I was going to say, do you think you will? Do you think that will what Liverpool will do? Sign a marquee if you like signing a centre midfielder in the, in the summer because you usually only sign yeah. one, only one or two in the summer. It's usually a, a, a big signing. Yeah, we're linked with a French lad. Um, and I don't know much about him except for players. I, can't tell. I don't even know his name. No, no, I don't know. He's got a mad name. Um, but what I do know is that he plays with Fabregas, and Fabregas raves on him. He said, like, this kid's going to be unbelievable. He's a combative midfielder. Liverpool fans will have seen the link, and they'll understand why. I don't know. I can't remember what his name is. but uh, I think I've seen it, because aren't Chelsea linked as well? The same yeah, player. He's highly teams, regarded, yeah. yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of talk about him coming to Liverpool, though. So, you know, we'll be definitely in the market for someone like that, but, but for sure. Um... Yeah, and I think a few players are going to go crazy, so I think we're going to have to replace them. We certainly need the depth. And just think about it next season. We're now going to be in, if we win the Champions League, we're then going to be in like the Super Cup, 
the World Cup Cup. You've got the um, the World Cup coming as well, meaning the season finishes earlier, so or starts earlier. So it's going to be a heavy season. The next one, we certainly need that depth and the quality in depth. Another question came in, and it's from AJ on Twitter as well, and it's sort of linked to that. <laughs> he started off with a bit of banter, which is always welcome on here. And he's basically said, despite the blue conspiracy theories, do the Reds think there was too many miles on a number of our players' legs this season? Um, well, that, it's part of the course when you're successful, isn't it? You, you have to accept that. The City players have got a lot of miles on the legs, but, you know, how fine is between, you know, it was one point, maybe it comes down to they've got a bit more... To, I know I'm repeating myself, but in terms of that fatigue, they've got that little bit more depth in midfield. I can't say if it's defence and, and the forwards... We've got amazing forwards and a lot of them. So, for me, the midfield depth is is has been the issue. So, in terms of the mileage, they're not able to rotate enough and they're all a little bit injury prone as well. So, yeah, it's a lot of games. And I think you can't see tired legs on the pitch, but still win games, though, aren't we? So, you can't really say it's too much of an issue. And if you go, the, if you go all the way, then that's what you want. You want to happen, so... Fair enough. Um, all right, we're going to tag Phil and tag the Reds out. Phil has got a bit of announcement later on about what what Champions League show that the Reds are doing. It's going to be quite exciting for the Reds, I imagine. Some big ideas from the Reds side. Uh, Placey, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I didn't really watch Everton's game yesterday, so I I, I don't want to talk too much about it. Plus, we we got B five one, so that's not going to bring us any viewers. What what I do want to talk about is you weren't on the instant match reaction, so you haven't really. Give this this podcast your, your thoughts on on what we've probably been worried sick about for for a number and number of weeks. Um, I, I think me and you are the same in saying that when the weekends we played Chelsea and Burnley got a result at Watford was was really 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 dicey. It was panic stations for us, wasn't it? So, what's your reaction now that the season's over and you know it's you don't get a trophy for sixteenth, but I just snapped your hands off six weeks ago for sixteenth. It's just the, the main. I mean, if, the main thing for me is just that it, it can't happen again. I think yeah. that, that's that's the biggest thing I'm thinking of is what can we do for this not to happen again? I mean, obviously, seeing as the match, you see all the, the the comments on social media and on the news and everything about Everton celebrating finishing 16th, and you know, we acting like it was a celebration. It was a celebration in terms, but it was more. It was relief. It was a, it was a cel- yeah. it was a it was a celebration of the fact that that we can kick on and when we're not we're not stuck. But I mean, we spoke about it on the, the the day of the Palace game about going into the Championship and, and what that would mean for us. Yeah, and it's a celebration of that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, we're not celebrating with 16th in the fact that that's where we wanted to be. And at the start of the mm. season, we were aiming for 16th. But when you're faced with being in the relegation zone, and 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 there's three, there's you're one of three teams who could potentially go down, and you are, of course, you're going to celebrate staying up, and, and that's the way I feel about it. I felt, I felt like it was a celebration of staying up, and, and rightly so, because that was Lampard's, uh, you know, that's what he's brought in to do is, is to keep us in the league at the end of the day, and, and he's done it. And you can, you know, people are saying, well, you started 16th when he first came in, and you're still 16th, and that's right, that might be the case, but it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the non tangible stuff, it's the, it's the feeling that, that he's there, he's created at Goodison. It's the fact that the fans are back on side. It's the fact that there's a, there's there's a, I don't know, just a sense of, of, of wanting to be go the game again and we're enjoying the game and, and looking forward to seeing Evan again, even though we were down there. So, yeah, it's 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 it is a celebration of, of of the fact that we've got our club back. It feels like to a certain extent, um, especially considering how we were under 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 Benitez at the start of the season and how, how horribly wrong it went over Christmas as well, and you know the protests and all that. So. 
my feeling is just I made up that that there's a connection there again. Um, I want us to have a, a decent summer and, and make sure that we're not in in this position again next season because I do think as mad as it sounds, I think I think there is hope there that ne- next season could be a decent season with the right signs, offloading the correct people and, and bringing in you know a couple of a couple of new faces who can improve the squad and giving Lampard that time on you know a full summer of working with the, with with the squad. I do think that there's you know rightly or wrongly I've, I've got a bit of hope for next season, so that's where I am with it. Um, I don't know what about you. I mean, no, see, you know, obviously that was instant and, and the way you felt. But how you feel about it now? Same, honestly. No, I'm not ashamed to admit that the same. I've, I've had a, I've had a smile on my face for days, and it, it's not really been like that. I get what you're saying that going into Goodison Park has been different, and even watching the away games that that Leicester game watching that was something else, wasn't it? And we all wished we were in that away end, and that's not really been the case this season. There's been times we've said to each other, "Thank God." We're not on that away end because the poor sods have got a four-hour journey back or whatever, and God, God love them. They're a much better supporter than me. But yeah, I've been smiling since, and it's not something I'm ashamed of. I was on the pitch on Thursday night. If anyone's seen our Instagram, Judge done a quick video from the pitch, and then myself and I was sitting next to one of our mates, Gazza, on Thursday, and it was just electric. And I get the banter. I get where it comes from, and I love the banter. I love when the Reds say, oh, it was 16th and stuff, but... You've never, you never will, because you're that sort of club anyway. You'll never go through what we've just been through there, and that outpouring of emotion and relief is what football is all about. Where you love your club to the depths that that, that we love our football club, and like you're, you're staring into the abyss. And without getting, you know, you know, without getting really, really into the weeds here, if if you've just basically seen Everton's finances and you've read a couple of stories about FFP. Then don't go any further because that's all you need to know. We were staring into the abyss. If that if this football club did go down, see Coventry, see Portsmouth, see Sunderland, see Leeds for 20 odd years, it would have been a fire sale. The owner would have walked because the fan protests that, that have sort of gone away, they would have reared their head, rightly or wrongly, would have reared their head right again to a situation where he wouldn't have been able to stay. So to get on to get over the line on Thursday night, and don't forget. Everton went 2-0 up in 30 minutes and then scores another on 70. It was the way that game went for me, Pricey, to, to, to watch the way. Only Everton, only Everton could go in 2-0 down and then win 3-2 to stay up. We've seen it before as young boys, haven't we? And it was proper Everton. But going in 2-0 down, but looking like there was literally no way back in it. They looked defeated. They were coming off yeah. the pitch and they just looked like there was no chance at all whatsoever. And it was it was that it went the fact that it was 2-0 and Palace had scored a little lucky goal and we were attacking and we just we did the post or you know we were in the game. We were completely out the game. Yeah. We were dead and buried. And then to come out and then and then you've got you've got sorry Phil, just two seconds, and then you've got coming out and then you've you know, you say the fans took them over the line. Fans did, you know, massive part to play. But you've got to say fair play to the players for coming out and giving it a go because they came out with with a bit of intensity about them that they didn't have in the first half. And I know the crowd have got something to do with that, but so have the players. And you got to, you know, we've had a go at them all season, and, and rightly so, because, you know, at times they've been they've been terrible. But credit where credit's due, they, they, they turned it around when they, when they had to. Um, and I just, I just hope that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the, the, the certain players that are good enough and you want to keep the squad together for next season. We definitely need to have a clear out and bring new players in. But I just hope the mood, I hope that there's, you know, if, if you want to, you can protest about certain stuff still at the club and you can have a go at why, why are we in this position and you can look at it. And obviously there will be a post-mortem by the management team, but I just hope the positivity goes into next season and we just ride it. We just, you know, 
draw as fans I'm talking about here, draw a line and just don't wonder too much about what happened. Let's just hope that we, we move on in the summer and we, we continue with positivity. That's all I want to do. That's all I want hope for next season, the start of next season to be. Just on that note, Price, we, we did get a social media question, so it, it's probably a, a good one to... I know you've just sort of indicated what your opinion is, but just to address it, uh, it's someone called Carl on Twitter. He said, hi, lads. When does the inquest to this atrocious Everton season begin? And when will we see the changes at the levels of the club needed to not go through this again? Is it as simple as for you? I, I mean, I'll, I'll briefly say, look, I, I agree with you. You were on the podcast two weeks ago saying you can't keep protesting over the same things. I think if it goes wrong again, I'd welcome it. I agree with what you said two weeks ago. You can't keep protesting about the past. There's got to be a full stop. But at the same time, is, is Carl right there? Does it still need addressing? Or, or it's just time to get behind it? The change is already made. And let's see how that goes. I think it does need addressing. Um, but I think it's being addressed, isn't it? I think I think yeah. I, I feel like, and this is just my my own opinion, I feel like it is being addressed. I feel like the fact that they brought in a new def- um, director of football a new manager who was not just a new manager, but a new young, hungry manager who gets the fans, who, who sort of, he's a modern yeah. manager, isn't he? Not, not yeah. only in terms of how Everton play, but how his media trade and everything like that. So, and, you know, they're doing a review of the club. You've got, you know, David Unsworth left. Um, yeah. So, you've obviously, well, that's that's not a coincidence that he's left at the time he's left. So, obviously, they're looking no. at the whole structure. So, I feel like they are looking at it and they are trying to change. I mean, if we go into, if, if we go into the summer and, and the signings that we make are terrible signings, and we bring in people like Rondon again, and, and you know, disrespect, but towns and then type of signings again. And then, mm. yeah, you can have a look at yeah, where are we again here? But I feel like they are making a change and they are trying to make positive steps, and that's all you can do. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, How's the FFP going to affect summer transfer? Don't I think we'd have to, we'd have to definitely have to sell to, to, to buy, I think, from, from, from what I've read. But, but I think we've got we've got assets who, who you can sell, and I'm not saying that. I'm bringing in young, hungry players and, and players who aren't going to cost a, a fortune, but <coughs> the right profile of player. That's what I want to see us signing. I don't want to see us spending millions and millions on on you know players who just haven't got the heart and soul to play. I, I want to see us bringing in maybe players from the Championship or good Premier League players who, who we can pick up and, and 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 adapt. That's what I want to see. And as long as the policy's there and you can see it's joined up, you can see what they're trying to do. With my issue over the last few years is it's just been scattergun approach to signings. As long as you can see what they're trying to do, if it's a certain profile of player, then I'll be happy. And that, that's where that, that's where brands failed, isn't it? Because yeah. regardless of two or three managers under brands, we never saw an identity. We, ne- we never saw at least the youth the youth team coaches is getting it right, and at least as players breaking through. So, so for me, that that's absolutely. Spot on. Phil, similar to how I tag Pricey in to talk about the Reds. You must have been watching Everton on Thursday night. What, what were you thinking? Were you, were you hope we seeing Everton two 0 down, getting the Moretti out, or you know, like the, the Reds are going to slaughter me for this? But I'm not the most anti-blue Reds out there, to be honest. I think it'd be hilarious if, if you would have went down, but I don't like the idea of Everton disappearing, which, as you mentioned before, would have been a, a real threat. And I think you know if that happens. It's sort of funny when it happens, but like in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, we're talking to the new generation, you'd be you'd be te- you'd be telling them what it used to be like when both teams were in the league. And you know, I think you'd say it was a better time. I personally believe that. And the Reds go, No, it wouldn't. I'd be made up if they were gone forever and all that. But <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily share that. I like the idea of um perpetual misery for Everton. 
16th to every season. I'll, I'll take that. I love the way you've just completely answered a different question to what I asked you. You've just gone on your own script to try and dig us. What was the question? Right, so, so let, let me try and get it. And let me try and I'll try and word it a bit differently. When you see two, you when you see two nil Palace, were you thinking Everton were gone? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and um, I thought Lampard was tactically quite inept in that first half. I think Calvert-Lewin mentions it in his um, his post-match press conference. He literally said what went wrong in the first half. He said the formation. Yeah. Um, obviously, he changed the shape in the second half. And it was, do you know what? I was actually starting to really enjoy the game. Just like the fierce competitiveness that Everton brought to them was like, it made for enjoyable watching, to be fair. And I think any neutral watching that game probably would have been rooting for Everton with the fight that they showed, but certainly weren't rooting for Everton. Like, but uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the game. But I think you know Frank Lampard always been sort of tactically naive a few times now, hasn't he? And, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's been. I think it's been a case of you just have to stay up. Do you know what I mean? I think that there's definitely been a couple of situations where you think he could have changed this and that, but. I think he's just he found a formation that worked a few times. So if it hasn't worked once or hasn't worked for half a game, he hasn't just threw it up, uh, ripped it up, and, and said he's, he's sort of stuck to it. Which I think fair play to him. I think it'll completely. I can't see him doing wing backs and all that next season because I don't think that's how he wants us to play. Um, yeah. And reading about Chelsea, he stumbled upon three at the back of Chelsea and kept it until until they weren't successful anymore, and then changed it. So I think yeah, I think you're right. I think he has been found wanting a little bit um, in certain situations, but. I think there's been enough there from him um, to, to 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 see the light, and I think even with players, I think he's spotted, you know, players that we we've sort of and, and the fans have have not been too keen on, and he sort of spotted that and brought them out the team quite quickly, uh, whereas other managers persevered with them, and that's the type of thing that I think he's he's done quite well. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens next season. But Mills, I just want to ask you, I know you got quite, you, I think I was looking at questions about you know, Judge called the Everton Everton players uh, heroes at the end of the game and stuff, and. You know, I'm not saying whether I agree with that or not, but how are you how are you seeing the players now then? So are you seeing them as shit houses who, who should have played that one all season? Or are you seeing them as players who fair play to them they turned it on when they had to? Um do you know what funny enough, I was thinking about this drive driving home. Because the question was, you know, someone's so let me just get the question up, sorry. Um so Steve, who's actually he's a Liverpool fan, but he's a, he's a he's one of our loyal listeners. So thanks for your question, Steve. And it, it it doesn't seem in jest. It was instant match reaction. Um, the Blues described the players as heroes. At what point did the squad of players turn from cowards to heroes? Which is in the place he's just asked me. Judge, you reply by referencing a was it a Bowie song? Placey, you referenced. Yeah. yeah, heroes by Bowie. Heroes just for the day. Just for the day. And I, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this drive home because I knew it had come up. Um, just to flip it back on you, Pricey, in 1994, when that team stayed up on the last game of the season, they nearly went down by November. It was still the same quarter players, wasn't it? We had to bring Big Joe in. In 1998, when he stayed up on Coventry, the Coventry game, sorry, it took Kevin Campbell to come in some seven months later to save them. I think they are examples. That's what you've got to look at. Yes, okay, this game against Crystal Palace and the, the 11, 12, 13 who, who contributed will now be side-by-sides with, with Wimbledon and Coventry. And everybody will always have memories of, you know, the emotion of being at that game. Is the is the Wimbledon game, the Coventry game, or the Crystal Palace game the best game I've ever been to? No. Neither three way. I never, ever want to go through it again. But they're, they're in my heart because of, of what players showed for a small period of time. 
But if you remove yourself from that, or you're trying to move yourself from that, and you look at those examples of 94 and 98, I, I think it still needs... If if someone could press a reset button on it, I, I, I will still press it. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'd, I'd, I'd change it. I think they've let, let us down too many times to think that the last few weeks is, is the real the real Everton or the real players mm-hmm. that they are. Um, I just think... I think and I, I think I've read about it or people have touched upon it, Seamus Coleman speaking to Lampard and stuff and saying, I think there's just a really bad mood in, at Everton and, and you sort of sense it or you sense yeah. it. And I think, I think the players have got a party to blame for that. But, you know, if you go to work every day and, and, and the, the atmosphere is down and you don't get on with the manager or there's different managers coming in and, you know, there's not that continuity there. Not that I, I, can, I can't, you know, I do blame the players, but... You can understand it to a certain extent. If, if every day it's negative and, and they're going in, it's, it's hard to, to, to get yourself out of it. And if it does take a new manager coming in and, and seeing it and, and getting the best out of players, you know, I'm thinking of Awobi in particular, Delph, I suppose, when he came in and he's getting the best out of these players, you just you just needed that different type of management. Then yeah. I, I can see it both sides. But I I, I, th- I think you let us down far too much, the players in the past, and fair play to them for, for coming out of it. But I think... Overall, I'm the same as you. I think there's there's, there's nine or ten players in that squad who, who I wouldn't. Something, happen. something I'd say, like retrospectively and looking forward, is that you know the way you, you you could say use the narrative that look at the fight they showed against Palace. Why haven't they done that every week? But that's not possible. Like motivation is not constant, and you're also not in control of your motivation. Like mm. when moments like that happen. You get the best out of yourself. It, it takes you to a different place. You can't do that every week, but that... So you can't blame them that they haven't done that every week previously. You also can't expect it going forward. You can't say, well, they've done it then, so that's what we could be. That was yeah. a one-off. They found something that they won't be able to find ever again. They'll never it, 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 it was the equivalent. About, sorry, Bray, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm not talking about I want them to play with that intensity every game. I just mean the games when they haven't shown anything at all yeah. um, is an issue. But I think it's not just it's not just the past game. I think they've I think they've they've shown a different level since probably since the Burnley game when we got beat. I think that was the kick up the arse they needed. And I think they've been, you know, the majority of the time, not not all the time, the majority of the time since that game. I think they've shown a different side of themselves. Um, and again, I think that goes back to the manager and his, and his staff and the atmosphere that they've brought and the way they've turned the corner that way. But uh, yeah, I'm not expecting the intensity of Palace every game, but I, do, I am disappointed in them that they haven't been able to raise the levels previously to to somewhere where you know we'd expect from Everton. Because let's get it right, that squad shouldn't be fighting a relegation, no matter how, how bad we think they are. They're good enough to mm-hmm. be at least mid table. So the fact that the the down there is, you know, they've got it. They've got a. It's part the partly responsible, if not fully responsible, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I, I think that I think they've reacted to. Magnificent Everton fan groups doing, doing what they've done. I'm pricing me with their Thursday. You know, you, you put the kids down, and you see the see the coach coming in, and again, it was just you don't see that. I said to you, did I? If someone said to me last year, me and you would be there watching the Carlo Ancelotti Everton getting brought in like this. I'd say to you this time last year, we're about to win the fucking league here because you just don't don't get that. The fans and, and the fans who turned up deserve so much credit, but the fan groups who have organised that. I know they got invited down to Goodison to meet the manager a couple weeks back and that's the least they deserve. But what, what I would say is Copy that one 
it's, no, it's not cut by behavior because you used to when you you know first and second. Yeah, I think you, I think when Hodgson was getting his bust with the FSG, you were all out, outside the court in London in last year's shirts, weren't you, crying? So it wasn't there then, Philip. Don't be rewriting history there, my friends. But what, what I will say, Price, is that one that you can't bank on that always being there. For me, there's going to be naturally in my moments next season coming this podcast and we're fucking fuming. And the large section of the fan base at points next season will be having disappointing times. So so I think the characters in the dressing room have, have reacted well to that, but they can't guarantee that that always always be in there. One big character, I want, we've got another question here, and it goes back to there's videos that we've shared of the manager with, with Seamus Coleman in the dressing room after the game, quote, like he's one of the best players or one of the best people he's ever met um an article in the athletic this week as, as and Clampard came out and said that on his first day Seamus Coleman walked into his into his um his office and it'll remain private what he said but Lampard felt the burden that Seamus Coleman was carrying around um we've heard rumors haven't we that that Coleman when he signed his new deal said to Brands I don't want to be in a position to let this club down on the pitch and, and break him down and we almost put him in that position, but the question from Liam is: question for the Blue Boys is a time that Seamus now stood away from playing duties, maybe got a coaching ticket. It's obvious, highly, it's obvious how highly thought of he is at the club. But we don't want to lose a club legend in the way we possibly will if it keeps declining. What do you think on that? Do you think it's possibly his time for Seamus to to call it a day? Is he going to be an adequate backup? What happens if we have to rely on him next season again for? 30 games I don't I don't I think I think he's got one more season as long as he's he's a bit part player um I mean I haven't seen enough Patterson because he's because he's been injured and whatever else but we played it perfectly with Baines when Luca Dean came in I thought yeah. we done, we done that perfectly Baines started the season and Luca Dean sort of came in and came in and then all of a sudden well not all of a sudden broke over time we took Baines' place and that was all that was as much as we've all loved Leighton Baines that was accepted by everyone we've seen him coming to his end we've seen a good left back coming in he could take his place yeah Means to play the old Carabao Cup or whatever, or he'd come on, you know, last twenty or whatever he was doing, yeah. and it was it worked well, and, and and that was that was ideal. And I think if we can put that situation in place for Coleman uh, with Patterson, providing yeah. Patterson's good enough, that's how I'd like to see it pan out next season. Coleman or you know one of them to start, maybe Coleman starts the season, but Patterson comes in and Patterson's got to be your left, yeah, your right back for next season. He's got to be your you know your ultimate first choice, uh, as I say, maybe not the very start of the season, but definitely gradually come in. Um, and after the first few games, he's he's playing more than he's not. And yeah. you save Coleman for your for your Carabao Cup games or your FA Cup games or you know your games that well the league games are all important, aren't they? But you know you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at. Um, I just think if we can do it the same way we've done Baines, I'd be I'd be happy. I think Coleman would be happy. I think fans would be happy at the end of the season. We can give him a standing ovation last game of the season and, and clap him off, and, and he's done us proud. And that's the way I'd like to see it go with him. Um, I don't think he's ready for for putting you know as a coach just yet. Um, I think his personality around the playing squad is, is too important to, to 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 do that just this early, I think. Yeah, OK. We are going to tag in with Phil to preview very briefly the Champions League final. And we say briefly because there's announcements on what the Reds are doing for that. But before we do, place one last blue question for the end of the show, Darren O'Day. And I know we probably will address this next week. Next week we are doing a full season review. Um, so, so we're going to look back on the highs and lows and possibly address this a little bit more in depth. But initially, Pricey, when I asked you this question, what, what comes to mind? So Darren says, what players would you keep hold of this summer? Is there anybody 
who we could now build around, or do we need a full change? Um, no, this I think there's definitely players I'd want to keep. I mean, I, I'd want to keep I'd want to keep Calvert Lewin, me. Um, and I know he hasn't had the best season because of injuries and his fitness and stuff like that. But I just think he, he, I think he's really good against Palace, and he was he was good the week before against Brentford as well. And he gives you something else. And them type of players are, are hard to find. Them them number nine number nines who who can play like he can. Um, could you see a team that, being built built around him under Lampard? If yeah. Lampard did want to go to a new thing, could you see Lampard be uh, Calvert-Lewin being a big part of that? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I could see that. Yeah, I think he's, he fits the profile of what you'd expect Lampard to be going for, which is a young English type uh, player. I think, I think, I think he can. I think formation-wise, I think Lampard probably wants to play four-three-three eventually, uh, and he could be a focal point up front with with obviously two two others. Um, he's he's the player I'd like I'd like to keep. I think uh, over them all. Um, there's a couple of others, you know, Richarlison. I wouldn't want to see let him go, and Ben Godfrey wouldn't want to see let go. And I've got Michalenko Gordon, who no, I'm never going to go anywhere anyway. But I think Calvert Lewin's the one who, who, who could potentially leave, uh, but, but I'd like to keep. What about you? you you'd, you'd let him, you'd let Calvert Lewin go, would you? By the sounds of what you're saying, um, I wouldn't. Two years ago, and by that I mean we're in a situation where we just wanted to, you know, get better and better and better. I, I think without going too deep into it, I, I think financially we probably do need to. To sell someone and what you need to do there is you need to figure out who who the cash cow is possibly it's the goalkeeper i think i think you're at risk if you if you sell a goalkeeper as good as good as jordan pickford i think this season we, we've, we've absolutely missed calvert loon and it's probably a large reason as to as to why we were where we were in going into may you know we, we missed his goals and he, he was great there's no one really and I, and I say this trying to be as positive as I can. There's no one really in that team who I say you could build a team around. The, the closest, the closest to it would be Ben Godfrey. Um, but but again, if someone said to me, "Tottenham have signed Ben Godfrey for forty million pounds," I, I certainly wouldn't be having you know. You can't build a team around the defender, can you? I think if you're gonna let one of them go, though, it's gonna be Richarlison for, and Jochen for to bring in some decent all. Or Calvert Lewin, isn't it? So which one out of them mills would you? Think? I think I, I think I honestly think you're at risk of losing both. I, I think if if Newcastle throw big money at Everton in in a situation where the manager then says and the director of football then says that this money will not only help you know the books but you'll get seventy percent of it to spend. And I think if, if I think Richarlison, despite him only scoring you know 10, 11 goals this season and, and he's probably never never scored much more than that for Everton. I, I think his stock is high. Across Europe, he's he's the Brazil number nine, and he puts numbers on the board for Brazil. And I think if if you're if you're a Real Madrid with a manager who's worked with him, and you can figure out to get a deal for the Charles, and like I can see a situation maybe Pricey can or can't. I could see a situation very very easily with Everton lose both this summer. Yeah, Cannon and Richarlison is the probably the one, as you say. Real Madrid now they haven't got Mbappe. I'm not saying he's a replacement for Mbappe, but he's he is the type of player they're looking for. And as you say, Ancelotti, if he stays at Madrid, he's worked with them before, he knows his personality. Um and I, I'm saying I want to I want to keep Carvalho and I'd like to keep Richardson, but as you say, if, if we if we get good money for them, we reinvest in the squad. I wouldn't be ups, I wouldn't be you know, particularly upset with that as long as we, as I said before, we reinvest in and we've got a strategy and it's not just a scattergun approach. So if we're selling and we're getting money, investing in, in the right type of players, then I'm, I'm fine with that as well. Because yeah, we have got a rebuild on. I mean, you don't finish 16th and, and don't expect to rebuild 
I think that's yeah. what we've got to do. And as you say, the cash cows are probably Richarlison, Calvert Lewin, and, and, and Pickford. They're, they're the three that we could get decent, decent money for. And as I say, if, if we sold them and reinvested, that's fine. But I would like to keep Calvert Lewin. Yeah, that's fair I mean, enough. Sorry, you, you wouldn't, I was going to say, you wouldn't sell them to reinvest it, would you? Like, otherwise, you just wouldn't sell them, really. You, you'd sell them to like get straight with FFP. <laughs> So I think that'd be the both. I think I think both. You know, yeah. I, I think hypothetically, if Calvert Lewin got sixty, I can see the mm. manager getting thirty of that. Yeah, hard to replace Calvert Lewin with thirty mil, isn't it? It's it's one of those things, isn't it? You you once upon a time, I imagine putting words in your mouth, thought Coutinho was was hard to replace, and look what you've done with that money. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible. One place you had your mouth open there, or you? No, just... I was just saying. I was just saying. <laughs> It, it, it's a scouting network then, isn't it? Because you look at players like yeah. uh, Tony for, for Brentford and stuff, he, he'd be a good replacement for and a lot cheaper. Um, but it's just it's just whether the scouting network's out there to get them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, Phil has been on the apron, waiting for the hot tag to come in and, and close the show with a leg, big boot leg drop. One, two, three, Hulk Hogan style. Phil, um, we did say that there might not be a, a massive Champions League preview tonight. Tell us why. Well, because me, Terry, and Gary are all going to Madrid, so we're going to do one live on the ferry, I think. But the, the, but the game's in Paris, so... <laughs> Sorry, Paris, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to do... I think our only chance to do to do a preview will be on the ferry, because we're driving down there, get there quite late on, on the Friday, and then we'll be all over Paris and boozy and stuff on, on the Saturday, so I think we're going to do it on the ferry. We've got four hours to kill there. So, yeah, I don't know how, how drunk we'll be at that stage. It might be, it might be a merry one, to be honest, but no, I'm sure we'll all be in a great mood. Um, so, yeah, that should be a good show. Looking forward to it. All right, no, I, I imagine it'll, it'll go down well with the Reds, but we can't not have you on. We know you're thinking about it already. You, you've, you've almost said that yesterday is gone. There's a, there's a full stop there. There's pressure on Saturday. How are you feeling? Are, are, you, are you excited? Are you, are you nervous? Are you confident? All three, definitely. Um, I think the reality is, you know, I don't want to be negative, but I think the reality is both sides could beat each other. You know, they're a European superpower and they turn it on in Europe. Um, I think man for man, if you look at the teams and the squads, I think we're definitely better than them. But it's not as simple as that. I think they're quite dangerous where we're quite vulnerable. Yeah. Vinicius can get it. He's very fast. I think we're sort of susceptible maybe to a little bit of pace in the wide areas can hurt us you know on the counter and stuff so got to be very wary of that and I think the likes of Henderson and Fabinho they're on they're switched on to all that when Trent goes forward but you know if the worst comes to worst and Fab's injured doesn't make it not quite fit enough you're looking at Henderson Keita Milner starting to worry then you're like you're starting to get worried so uh, I think I want to see that Fabinho's back fit. And if he is, I, I'm relatively confident. It's going to be a close game. It always is. Liverpool don't do it early, uh, easy. If we're going to win, it'll be in a horrible way. Penalties, an own goal, an extra time. There'll be something like that because Liverpool always make finals hard work. So I know I, we're going to be put through the ringer again, for sure. I know, I know, I know. We should be in the final a couple of years ago. To Liverpool tend to what's the what's the record like? Because I think history comes into these type of things as well, and and, and how, how you've done against them in the past. Because for example, if you went in, I think if you went in, Man City was the team you're playing in the final. I think you'd be well. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be more confident because you've you've got a 
better record than not against Man City from my memory. So Real Madrid, I think I don't think you've got a very good record against Real Madrid, have you? Well, we absolutely hammered them a few times in in, in my recent memory under Brendan Rodgers. I'm sure there was a four 0 and a three one somewhere, but he beat us in the finals, didn't he? In, in the other year, 2019, I think it was, and. So, you know, in more recent history, they've, they've had one over us. But they beat you last year as well. Was it the, was the qualifying last year? They beat you as well. Yeah, yeah. In in very recent history, they've yeah. had the better. So, yeah, that could come into it psychologically. But psychologically as well, we owe them one. Like Ramos clotheslines Salah or whatever he does. Something some wrestling move, wasn't it? Um, so I think you know we definitely owe them one for that. But. And I think the players have even most of talked about that. He was saying, I really want Spurs to beat uh, to, uh, Madrid to beat City in the semi because he wanted his own revenge. But you know, you can be too hyped up. I think, I think we're going to be very up for it. We want the revenge, we want, we want, you know, we want to make up for what's happened in the league. But like, you can be too hyped up, and that's another little worry I've got. Like, it's not about being super hyped up and super keen to get revenge, you just need to be like professional, you know, focused. Don't get carried away. Carry out what you're supposed to do with your tactics and everything. So, you know, it's a lot on it. But, yeah, come on. It's Liverpool in Europe. I've got every reason to be confident. Don't blame you. I, I, I know what's going to happen. I absolutely know what's going to happen. And once I get paid on Wednesday, I'm putting, it on, I'm putting a bet on penalties. Liverpool on penalties. <laughs> absolutely. But, you know, all, all jokes aside, all, all reds who were going... To Paris, um, safe trips. If you see Phil, if you see Teddy and Gary go over and say hello, as always. I've heard you're going over with the Madrid top and a bag of fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) If it was any other team but you, I'd be be confident, I'd be absolutely (laughs) confident. But like I said, I I know what's going to happen. But no, I I think the past few weeks, I mean, Blues as well and and Reds, we've had a lot of great feedback. A lot of people have seen us at the match who came over and said hello. So if you do see the lads over in Paris, by all means, go and say hello. Um, the future. Of this show in the summer, we are going to be taking a little break for the summer with with the, a big plan to come back next season, of course, for the 22-23 season. Before we do sign off next week, we will, we will have a season review show. Uh, both sides, Blues and Reds, talking about you know what's just been and gone, whether it be domestic, whether it be Europe, best goal we score, we, we seen, worst pint we had to the ground. It's all going to be covered in depth next week in a full season of you. Phil's just said there, there's, there's a, a massive Liverpool Champions League preview show coming out on, on Friday night, Saturday morning. I imagine if, if Liverpool do win a Champions League, there might be some impromptu videos as well coming from, from the celebrations at, at both Paris and possibly also in the city on, on the on the 29th as well. I'll be tagging in with Matt Jones, Tramia fan, to do our regular across the Mersey, looking at Tramia. If any Blues or Reds are interested in, in and knowing how Tram you got on this season in depth, I'll be sitting down with Matt. But we are almost about to sign off on a 21-22 season. Ask Phil what he thinks next week, but for me, it's a season I never want to go through again. I want to put a full stop in it. And I've seen Liverpool win the league. I am up to there with football. I'm looking forward to a break place here, you. Yeah, what's me the break makes tell you right now. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who has took part in the 21-22 season. Three or possibly more shows, and then we are out. Enjoy the final Reds, Blues. Enjoy having some sleep. See you again next week. <laughs>